He is Lord. The scriptures say there is no other name given under heaven amongst men whereby we must be saved. There is no other name given under heaven amongst men whereby we must be saved. If you go back to the Old Testament to the eagle eye prophet Isaiah and it speaks 500 years before the birth of Christ and it says unto us a son is given unto us a child is born and it says the government shall be upon his shoulders and we're not talking about the government of this world help me Holy Ghost some of us want to have a uh, political preeminence in this society and Peter and James and John had that problem back in the day they thought Jesus was going to reestablish a political system for them to sit upon the throne and reign over the nations of the earth but Jesus said my kingdom is not of this world he said if it was of this world, the Lord would send a thousand legions of angels and I wouldn't be gone through this. Hallelujah. He says, but the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is the receipt, the acknowledgement and the humbling of ourselves before the Lord and allowing Christ to come into our heart and God reigns inside of us. The kingdom of God is in you. It's not in Jamaica, Queens. It's not in uh, Nassau County. It's not in Suffolk County. It's not in another state. The kingdom of God is in you. Hallelujah. When you go into an environment, you take the kingdom of God with you. Somebody say hallelujah. We bless the Lord today. We give honor unto our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who is the head of our life. We thank God and we give honor to our, our pastor Sonny who is on the mission field, who is on the battlefield. And we thank the Lord that he has enabled and equipped and given him the mind to go forth and to bring forth fruit. The Bible says that the harvest is plenteous. But the laborers. The laborers are few. Pray unto the Lord of harvest. That he may send laborers out. Somebody say out. Into the field. We know that the harvest comes into the church. And those of a willing mind. But that is why the kingdom of God is in you so that you may take the glory, the presence, the power, and the promises of eternal life. I don't know whether you realize it or not, but people are leaving here at a rapid rate. Hallelujah. Some people that we saw yesterday are not here with us today. They have gone on and some of them have gone on to a Christless grave. Hallelujah. That means there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. But if you are saved and you receive the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, the Lord has promised that he will give you eternal life. That when you leave here, even though it may be unexpected, that you go into the presence of the Lord. 
the thief on the cross told the Lord, he says, when you come into your kingdom, please remember me. And Jesus told him, he said, what? This day, this day, when you believe upon the Lord, this day, hallelujah, you have eternal life. He says, today, you will be with me in paradise. You will be with me in paradise. We're going to bow our heads in prayer. Father, we just bless you today. We thank you, O God, for all that are present. We praise you, O God, for our pastor. We thank you for our pastor Mercy today. We thank you for all our ministers, deacons, saints, and friends. We bless each and every one of them, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray, Father, that the waters and the rain, Father of God, Lord God, that you would saturate each and every one of them, Father, that they would not leave out of here the same way that they came in. We're praying for miracles today, Lord God, not by might nor by power but by your spirit Lord we speak in faith into each and every one of their heart into each and every one of their lives into each and every one of their circumstances and we pray today father that you open that door we pray today that you release them from bondage and fear we pray today father that you would manifest your glory in their lives that they will not leave out of here the same way they came in and everyone said amen hallelujah we bless the Lord, we bless him, we bless him, we bless him. We're speaking about healing in the rivers, in the waters of God. Healing in the rivers of God. And we realize that there are those here that don't have a spiritual foundation and when we start to speak about these analogies and these precepts in the spiritual realm, that is hard to grasp onto. So what we want to try to do today is maybe give you a normal explanation. And then what we want to do is kind of bring a parallel of the spiritual beside it. So when we're speaking about water, water. And why we need the waters of God. It's in order to understand the spiritual significance of waters, the rivers, the fountains of God. We need to compare it with the physical. And if we can visualize and comprehend the physical need that we understand we need for water, then we will understand the spiritual most of us have learned in school, or we've heard it otherwise, that two-thirds of the earth is made of water. Water is essential for the preservation of all human, animal, and plant life. Water prevents overall dehydration, and dehydration is caused by your body not having enough water. Severe dehydration can result in a number of severe complications, including swelling of the brain, kidney failure, and seizures. Water consumption lubricates, cushions our joints, our spinal column, and all the tissues within our body. 
It is said that 70 to 80% of our brain is made of water. 90% of our blood is water. And 60 to 70% of our body mass is water. Now, if in the natural, water is so essential, then how much more when God speaks about the waters and the rivers and the fountains of God? In 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, the fourth verse and the fourth, 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter and 18th verse, the Bible says that we look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. So God is telling us to open our spiritual eyes, not just to look at the things that are physical, tangible in front of us but you have to open your spiritual eyes to understand that there is a spiritual reality around you that is affecting your life that is affecting my life on a daily basis and if we don't acknowledge the reality of that spiritual realm the spiritual activity he says, for we look not at the things that are seen. This is the Apostle Paul talking. This is the elevated. This is a mature life as a Christian. You stop looking at everything through the physical and you start looking at the spiritual operation that is behind that physical manifestation. He says, we're not looking at the physical, but what we're doing is we're looking at the spiritual operation, the things that are not seen, because the things that are physical are temporal, but the things that are spiritual are eternal. So he's giving us principles that we may live by and understand that we are spiritual beings, but we live in a physical body. The physical body will be temporal. It is temporal, but the spirit inside of you, the scripture says, is renewed day by day by day. And it is formed more as you read your word and you, and you commune with God and you fellowship with the Lord and you're changed day by day more and more into the image of Christ. The Bible says that now we see through a glass darkly, but one day face to face, you're going to know everything very clear. But the Bible also says that today we walk by faith and not by sight. So faith are the spiritual glasses that you have to wear in order to see in the spiritual realm. You have to walk in faith. Well, how do I get 
that type of faith, you may ask. Well, the Bible says that faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more you immerse yourself into word of God, the more you immerse yourself into scriptures, you will understand the principles of how this world was created and what God is doing in the spiritual realm. But you will also understand what Satan is doing in the spiritual realm because there are many spirits but not of them all of them are holy spirits there is one holy spirit but there are many demonic spirits that are active in every aspect of our society we have to understand you gotta put on your spiritual glasses and your spiritual glasses are enhanced by the word of God and they're empowered by the Holy Ghost somebody say amen do you have your spiritual glasses today? Hallelujah. In order to see what I'm going to talk about, you're going to have to put on your spiritual glasses. Amen? Amen. We see that naturally, water, when consumed, the Bible says it alleviates arthritis. It alleviates sickness. It cushions your joints it helps your cognitive your thinking functions it helps you to stay alert well I want to ask you this if that temporal water that physical water can do all of that for you how much more can the waters of God through the power of the Holy Ghost through the blood of the Lamb Help your mind, hallelujah, to come out of that darkness, to release you from the bondage of fear. Touch your physical body. Remove that sickness from your body to alleviate that cancer, to get rid of that arthritis, and to heal you, deliver you, set you free, and enable you to see the light that is before you. If physical water can do all of that for you, how much more the waters of God? God can bless you and bring you out. Somebody cry out, Lord, give me those waters. Hallelujah. Do you remember the woman at the well? Jesus says, the water I give you, you will never thirst again. She said, Lord, give me those waters. Oh, she didn't even know anything about the spirit, but she knew something was going on here. There was a spiritual manifestation of the presence of God that was offering something to her that had never been offered before. And when God puts a door before you, a spiritual door, and he's offering you something, you got to step up and say, Lord, give me what you're offering me. I want it now. I'm going to ask you to open your Bible to the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter. And we're going to be reading the 14th and the 15th verse. Brother Benny, when you have it, can you let me know, please? Open your Bibles to John 4, 14. Most of us know 
that chapter. It's about in my father's house, but are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there ye shall be also. And then they come along and they say, Lord, show us the Father and it will suffice us. And he says, have I been so long with you, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. Brother Benny, can you read 14 and 15 for me, please, sir? I'm going to go up to the 13th verse, and these are scriptures of faith. I want you to mark them. I want you to read them after you get home because we want to build up your faith today. This is the word of God, and if you please, this is the red letters. Jesus is speaking here, okay? And he's giving you a promise. He's giving you a promise and you got to apply it personally to your life. Don't leave it in the historical context. I don't know specifically what's going on with you, even though God had given me some idea of what to pray for today. But there are aspects of your life that you need God to intervene and you need to hold on to the promises of God. It's nice to listen to the preacher on TV. It's nice to come in here and listen to Pastor Sonny or Pastor Wesley or any of the other ministers when they're speaking. But it's even better when you know God for yourself because there's different ways to receive from God. When God opens up his word to you today, it's like giving you a checkbook. If you are washed in the blood today, if you are called by his name, he is talking to you and he's saying, you don't have to be in a specific environment. You don't have to be prayed for by somebody specifically. He said, I'm going to do something for you if you just ask. If you step out in faith, in verse 13, it says, you can ask for anything in my name. The scriptural context of name the scriptural context of name doesn't just mean that you're saying Jesus. It means his purpose, his character, and his will. If you ask anything for his purpose, his character, and his will, this is what makes Christ who he is. His purpose was to redeem those that were lost and save us from the power of the wicked one. Hallelujah. His purpose was to wash us in his blood and redeem us back to God. His character, the Bible says, is he's meek and he's lonely. If you ask anything in the purpose, the character, and the will of God, he says, I will do it. Doesn't mean we can go out and just name it and claim it. Lord, I want a Maserati. You said if I'd ask in your name, Lord, I expect it to be in front of my house. I, I claim it by faith like they walked around the walls of Jericho. I'm going, I've seen saints out there doing it, walking around the car. Hallelujah. And they're walking around seven times. And they, this is mine. But you know what? 
if God laid in your spirit, if that's what he has for you, I encourage you to do what he said. Somebody tell your neighbor, do what he said. Do what he said. Do what he said. Do what he said. Step out in faith. Believe, what do you have to lose? Tell your neighbor, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? Step out in faith. Believe God. He says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. And then in 14, he says, yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you're bound today, you can ask in his name and he will set you free. If you're sick today, you can ask in his name and he will deliver you. Because the rivers of God are flowing through here today. God is opening the gates of heaven. And he's pouring out a blessing for you today. If you will just ask. If you will just go inside of your spirit. And talk to the Lord. And believe him that he will water you. That he will saturate you. With the rivers. With the waters of God. Even though you're parched. Even though you're dry. Even though you're bound up. In the midst of your dryness. In the midst of your bondage. Cry out to the Lord. And ask him to deliver you he said I will do it I'm going to ask you to turn with me now to Isaiah the 43rd chapter forty-third chapter and the 17th we're going to be reading the 17th and the 18th verse and it reads on this wise when the poor and needy search for water and there is none and their tongues are purged for thirst from thirst then I the Lord will answer them and I the God of Israel will never abandon them and in verse 18 he says I will open rivers in high places in fountains in the midst of the valley and I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord have done this and the Holy One of Israel have created it. In that 18th verse he says I will open in the original language, I'm not going to give you the pronunciation in the original Hebrew, but it means to loosen. He says, I will open. It means to loosen, to loosen, to break forward, to let go free, to loose, to unstop. That means if something needs to be loosed, something needs to be unstopped, something needs to be let go free, that means there was a hindrance there. That means something was stopping it from flowing, from being free, from coming into your life, from saturating you. He says, I will unstop the rivers. I will free the rivers. I will allow the rivers to flow again into your life. He says, 
these rivers will flow into the high places and he would put fountains in the midst of the valley. Now, when we're speaking about high places, high places are demonic strongholds where satanic influence and spiritual deception abide. The Israelites went into the high places to worship Baal and Ashtoreth. These were gods, pagan gods. But we know a piece of wood isn't anything, but don't you know there are demons that will take advantage of you worshiping that piece of wood. You know, a little statue that you may put up of, I'm going to get into your business a little bit, but I mean it by the grace of God. There are some religions that worship statues, and they have them in their house. But God says in his word, in the Ten Commandments, that you will not worship any graven image. But when we step out of the word of God and we do what we feel as though we want to do, we open the door. And guess what? There are demons that will take advantage of that. There are demon there's demonic activities that will stop the rivers from flowing in your, in your life, that will bring hindrances into your life, that will shut down your ability to receive the waters and to be saturated in the illumination that you're supposed to get. And sometimes we don't even know what we're doing, but we're opening a door for the enemy. And a lot of times some, uh, there may be associations or people that we're associated with and they're into these type of things. And because we're not saturated with the blood, we're not covered in the blood. We are half in the church, half out the church. Do you know in the, in the, the statue of Nebuchadnezzar it says the, the toes were partly clay and partly iron. Well, some of us are partly spiritual and partly carnal. Hallelujah. And when you live like that, you open a door for the enemy to come in. And you may not even know you think you're living a regular life, but the enemy will take advantage of your ignorance and he will come in and he will stop certain things from flowing into your life. He will hinder you from being able to have progress. And you're wondering why things keep breaking down. You're wondering why you can't get through. You're wondering why every time you take two steps forward, you got to take five steps back and three steps sideways. It's because there's a door that has been opened. And we know that by the rivers of God, what we want to do, that's why we want to open your spiritual eyes today. And we want you to step out out in faith and we want you to put on your spiritual glasses so that you can see aha I see you devil I don't think this stuff is natural this is not normal but the devil wants us to be bound by a spirit of delusion and a spirit of fear and some of us think this is normal this is not normal this is the devil trying to bring hindrance into your life so that you will not achieve so that you will not become so that you will not be what God calls you to be. But today, we're going to break the powers of the devil. We're going to break the powers of delusion over your life. And we're going to set you free in the name of Jesus. Somebody say hallelujah. The Bible says we fight against spiritual wickedness and high places and God is saying I'm going to send rivers into the high places hallelujah hallelujah 
And there's an old song. He says, when you walk by the way, I will lead you. On the fatness of the land, I will feed you. And a mansion in the sky, I will deed you. And the high places, I will bring them down. 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 Hallelujah. This is a message that God gave me for this congregation. I don't want, and those listening, I don't want you living in bad environments for the rest of your life with little heat when it's cold out. Everything keeps breaking down. God doesn't want you living in blighted neighborhoods for the rest of your life. He wants you to put on your spiritual glasses and he wants you to abide in a place where the spirit of God and the rivers of God is flowing through. You have a choice in this life. He don't want you to be content where you are. God wants you to aspire. God wants you to desire. God wants you to come up. God wants to set you free today. God doesn't want you on an oppressive job for the rest of your life. These are desert places. Your car keeps breaking down. You think it's normal. You're constantly arguing with your husband or your wife. Your home is falling apart and you think it's normal. You keep getting sick and you think it's normal. Your children are getting older and they're hanging out with the wrong people that have a bad influence on your thinking and decisions and they're not able to make progress and you think it's normal. God wants you to know it's not normal. This is not what he had planned for you. God is saying he wants you to come out of the desert. Thinking that it was normal and just everyday life and all the time demonic activity has been dispatched to hinder, to torment, to cause division, diverting a blessing of God coming your way. And the spirit of of deception told us we had to live with it because that's just the way it is. Somebody say with me, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. These are demonic high places. This is the desert. And what we're asking God to do is to bring rivers, the waters of God, to flow through this desert. And if you listen to him in this 17th verse, it says, when the poor and needy, that means those who are oppressed or afflicted in mind or circumstances, those that are humble, when they search for water and there is none and their tongues are parched from thirst, ah, the Lord will hear them and the God of Israel will never abandon them. In the 18th verse, it says, I will open, I will loosen, I will break forth, I will let go, I will unstop rivers in the high places and fountains in the midst of the valley. How many of you are low? You feel like you've been down for a long time and you've been trying to climb out of the pit and it just seems the, the, the more you try to climb, something keeps grabbing you back down. This is the valley, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something by the spirit of God, there's something that can keep you in the valley. 
a lot of us don't understand that when circumstances arise in our life, that there are choices that we make. There's something that is called self-pity. Help me, Holy Spirit. There's something called self-pity. And what it means is that your eyes are not focused on the Lord. Your eyes are focused on your emotions. That you're focused on your physical. You're not focusing on who God is. It's like when the 12 spies, they went out to spy out the land. And God asked them, well, what do you see? And then 10 of them said, you know what? I see giants in the land. And there's no way we're going to be able to take this. There's no way, way we're going to be able to come through. And two of them had a good report. They said, my God, I don't care what circumstance you're going through. But if you can remember, my God will bring down the the high places my God will bring down the giants it's not because of me it's not by might it's not my bank account it's not my degree it's God that's going to open that door it's God that's going to touch that heart it's God that's going to destroy my enemies it's God that's going to make a way for me I put on my spiritual glasses and I perceive that my God is more than able The promises are made to those that seek and cry unto God for his help. But there must be an expectation, desire, and faith. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back at this time, please. There must be expectation, desire, expectation. Listen to me today. We want to pray with you, but we want you to come forth with a spirit of expectation, a spirit of faith, a spirit that desires to come out of the desert. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay in the desert. God says in Isaiah 43, 19, he says, behold, I will do a new thing and it shall spring forward. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Hallelujah. In that demonic place, in that place of bondage, in that place of fear, God said he is going to set you free today. Those children that you don't have any type of control over. That home that is continuing arguing. That division, that strife. God said that he's going to make a change in your home. That he's going to bring unity where there was division. He's going to bring healing where there was sickness. He's going to bring those children back and give them a mind. Hallelujah. So that they will listen to you. So that the blood of Jesus may cover them. So that they won't be diverted by these associations and by these enemies. Can somebody say hallelujah? We see several people in the Bible that went forth expecting from God. And like I said, when you're washed by the blood and you know the Lord, then God has given you that faith. You can step out and he said, if you ask anything in his name, that he would do it. We see that the woman with the issue of blood... Hallelujah. The Bible says that this woman was being hindered. She went to doctors. They couldn't do anything for her. 
Hallelujah. And she just pressed her way through. She heard. She took off the natural glasses and she put on her spiritual glasses and she said Jesus is passing by and I'm telling you today that Jesus is here with you today if you will expect a miracle if you will expect hallelujah God to work that miracle in your life that he will do it for you today hallelujah she pressed her way through the crowd she crawled because she had faith. And she said within herself that if I may just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch his clothes, if I can get anywhere near him, I believe that I can make a spiritual withdrawal. How many of you today want to make a spiritual withdrawal from the presence of God? How many of you need a miracle from on high? How many of you need to be saturated with the waters of God? How many of you need a breakthrough today? How many of you need to come out of bondage? How many of you need to come out of fear? How many of you need to come out of intrepidation? Then the waters of God are here for you today. The Bible speaks of one named Bartimaeus. And the man was blind. The Bible says that he was physically blind, but I guess Bartimaeus could see a lot better than most of us that are here. How could, because when he heard that Jesus was passing by, they told him to sit down and shut up. Oh, but I'm telling you, when you want something from the Lord, you can't just sit down and shut up. You can't just stop trying. You can't stop crying. You can't stop pleading. You can't stop asking. You have to have faith. Hallelujah. The Bible says the widow, because of her importunity, her persistence, she wouldn't give up. She wouldn't give up. She kept crying and crying and crying unto the Lord. And God says, how much more will your father answer his children that ask him? Today is the day of deliverance says thou son of David have mercy on me thou son of David have mercy on me have mercy on me I know you're a merciful God I know you're a kind God I know you're a gracious God I know you love me I know that I may have opened doors but you know what Lord I know you're not holding it against me because I repent of my sins I ask you to wash me in your blood today, God. I don't claim any perfection, Lord. I've made many mistakes, and I'm going to make many more. But I stand behind the cross today. I stand behind the blood today. I know you were wounded for my transgressions, and I know you were bruised for my iniquities. It was my peace that you died for, and I believe today that with your stripes, I am healed. I'm claiming it today, Lord God. Savior, hear my humble cry. While others die or call, do not pass me by. I'm going to ask you to stand on your feet today. Stand on your feet today. There's something that needs to be said. God said there are many in here that are wounded. 
many that have been stepped on, abused physically, abused mentally, abused psychologically. And because of these experiences, you are wounded. And your wounds are still open, even though you may not acknowledge it. You're walking day to day, trying to put your best foot forward, but you're wounded. You try to put it in the back of your mind, but you're wounded. And as you go on and you press through life, you're seeing that the attacks of the enemy are coming from every side. And you're wondering, God, where are you? I've been hurt, I've been abused, and I'm wounded, and I'm still trying to press forward, and I need a miracle from you today. Hallelujah, but God is saying, there's something that you have to do. There's a door that you open. And it's not because you're in, you're in disobedience. It's not because you're imperfect. It's because you're human. God is saying that you have to go back in your spirit today. I'm going to ask you all to come out into the middle aisle. We're going to anoint everyone in here today. We're going to anoint you. We're going to anoint you for your children. We're going to anoint you for your healing. We're going to anoint you so that the rivers of God may flow through your life. I'm going to ask you to come into the middle aisle. Please continue to listen to me. Many were wounded. But God said, it hurt you so badly that you held on to it didn't really forgive come forward please come forward please come forward please you didn't really forgive and what happened the Bible speaks of a root of bitterness are you listening to me today some allow resentment to stay in their heart some allow bitterness to stay in their heart and even though you may not acknowledge it you have to shut that door some allow unforgiveness to stay in their heart but God is saying today we're going to shut that door and before we pray for you we're going to ask each and every one of you to repeat after me. And I ask you to pray in faith. Close your eyes and raise your hand unto the Lord. Lord Jesus, I've been hurt. I've been wounded. And I have to admit, I didn't forgive. I ask you today to wash me with your blood forgive me Lord I didn't even know it opened the door I ask you to shut that door I forgive them today Lord I forgive that abuser I forgive that user I forgive those that stole from me I forgive those that hindered me 
And I ask you today, Lord God, to wash me, regenerate me, and make me whole as I come forth for prayer today. I believe that door is shut. And what I ask today is that you would work that miracle in my life. Bring those rivers, Lord. I need to be refreshed. I need to be reinvigorated. I need for those doors of the heavenly anointing to open into my life. I receive the rivers into my life. I receive the waters. I was in a dry place. I was in the desert, but I'm not any longer. I claim today the devil no longer has any power over me. Satan, I rebuke you. Go. Go. In Jesus' name. Today, I'm healed. Today, I'm filled. Today, the rivers of God are opening up a new job. Today, the rivers of God is giving me a new home. Today, the rivers of God are bringing back those children, those wayward children. I thank you, Lord. Touch my children. Cover them in your blood. Bring them home, Lord God. Set them free, Jesus. Lord, I depend on you. Let the rivers flow into their life also. Into my husband, Lord. Let the rivers flow. Into my wife, Lord. Let the rivers flow. There will be no more division. No more strife. No more hindrance. In Jesus' name. No more lack. I'm free. And I will stand fast. In the liberty. Wherewith Christ has made me free. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. Jesus, I thank you. Come on, let's start praising God. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Come on, give him some glory.